My child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and abundant welfare they will give you. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh and a refreshment for your body. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. This is the word of the Lord. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her, in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Here ends the reading. That's what she said. Elizabeth. Last week, we heard about Hannah, and like Hannah, Elizabeth plays an important part in Mary's story and so the story of Jesus and his coming. However, Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, is a contemporary of Mary and Jesus, less obscure more familiar to most of us than Hannah was, I would wager. Still, Mary's Aunt Elizabeth, or her relative, for whatever reason, doesn't make it into any of the other Gospels, and the two seem an unlikely pair. Elizabeth was old, Mary young. Elizabeth had been married for years to Zechariah, the priest, Mary was merely betrothed to some carpenter named Joseph. Elizabeth had tried and prayed like Hannah and hoped to become pregnant, but unsuccessful decided she was too old and barren for childbearing. Mary may very well have believed herself too young even to get pregnant not to mention the whole issue of her virginity. This isn't something she would have wanted, but there she was, in the family way, as they used to say, at least if what that angel said was true. So you can't help but wonder why Mary would want to visit old Aunt Elizabeth 
out there in the hill country. Remember, that's where we heard John the Baptist was just this past Sunday, out in the Judean wilderness down by the river, baptizing people, apparently not far from where he was born and raised. Maybe Mary was frightened of what her own parents would say, but knew she had this cool Aunt Elizabeth who would understand. Maybe Mary, in spite of all her best intentions to do the right thing by God, had thoughts of disappearing so that all of this might be kept a secret somehow no one would ever have to know. Maybe she wanted to confirm what the angel told her. If her aunt really was pregnant, like the angel had said, after all these years, then perhaps what the angel told Mary really was going to happen after all, too. Maybe Mary hoped her Aunt Elizabeth could offer advice about what to expect and about what she could do to get ready for whatever in the world was about to happen to her. We may never know or be able to imagine all the things running through the mind of a young, pregnant, unmarried, first-century peasant girl as she made her way to visit Elizabeth out in the wilderness of those hills. But I suspect at some level, no matter what her fears and plans might have been when it came to explaining all of this to her friends and family back home, that Mary just needed to share it with someone she knew would understand and who would love her, even if all those others might not. See, I like to imagine Aunt Elizabeth, the wife of Zechariah the priest, remember, that she was the kind of woman who laughed too loudly in polite company, said more than she was supposed to sometimes. Maybe she cussed a little bit. That she was a bit rough around the edges for the wife of a priest anyway. And I imagine, this is just me imagining, <laughs> the people in Judea loved her for it and that so did Mary. So I like to imagine Elizabeth was the cool aunt who explained things to Mary that she hadn't learned at home yet about birds and bees and babies and about how all of this would have, should have, could have inspired her and how it could have happened in the first place had her lost virginity been not such a mystery. And I like to imagine Anne Elizabeth was a first-century feminist, too, had there been a word or a way for such a thing at the time, who helped Mary see and even sing about the power that a woman could hold, the power they both held already, actually, alive in their wombs, growing in their bellies, that they would cradle in their arms, that they would gift to the world, the power, I mean, to raise up their boys, to cast the mighty down from their thrones, to raise up the lowly, to send the rich away empty, and all the things Mary sings about and likely learned from Hannah, like we wondered about last week. Maybe Elizabeth was the one who prayed and unpacked and pointed all of that out to Mary during their visit. Anyway, I imagine Mary had her suspicions about that angel and what he promised her. Who wouldn't? 
and that she wanted Elizabeth to tell her, to assure her, to promise her that there was more than she could see about all of this in the moment. See, that angel never told Mary to go and visit Elizabeth. She did that all on her own as far as we can tell. But I believe all of that is why Mary ran to see her for camaraderie, for support, for encouragement, for someone with whom she could find some common ground, for hope. I believe their visit was about one woman seeking another when she needed help, advice, a lifeline perhaps, someone to tell her this was going to be okay, that she could do this thing that she wasn't as alone or as in danger or as unprepared or as incapable as she must have felt when she wasn't talking to angels anyway. And isn't that something all of us have felt at some time or another? Uncertain, overwhelmed, out of our element, in over our heads, afraid, alone, certain no one anywhere understands or has traveled the road we're on before, unprepared, out of faith. Like Mary, don't we want to share questions with someone who's asking them too? Don't we want to name our fears with somebody who's been scared, just like we are? Don't we want to be free to wonder, to dream, to ask hard questions with a like-minded soul, with someone who will feel free to wonder and dream and ask hard questions without judgment, right along with us. Don't we all long for somebody filled with the Holy Spirit, if we're lucky, like Elizabeth was, to remind us how blessed we are when we can't see it ourselves. How blessed we are inside and out, even when it doesn't always feel that way. Someone who's always glad to see us coming, no matter what, no matter when, and who welcomes us without reservation. Someone who can't be shocked or surprised or scared off by whatever news we have to share, good, bad, something to celebrate, or something we're ashamed of, even. Someone to affirm that we've made the right faithful choice, even when it's hard. Even when no one else is likely to agree. Someone to remind us of God's place in our midst and God's power in our life. Someone to show us how loved we are, not just to say it. That's who Elizabeth was to Mary, I think. And I don't think it's too much to say that Elizabeth was a picture of Christ for Mary, and for all of us. Elizabeth was to Mary who Jesus means to be for each of us and for all people. When we want someone who understands the questions we ask, God promises us Jesus. When we want someone who knows about the things that scare us the most, God promises us Jesus. When we want someone who shares our pain and our joy and our dreams and our destiny, God promises us Jesus. 
when we want someone to confirm and promise that we are indeed blessed in the eyes of our maker, God promises us Jesus. So in the meantime, all of us need, or maybe we need to be for somebody else, an Aunt Elizabeth. Maybe we need or need to be, for somebody else, one who listens without judgment. Maybe we need or need to be one who believes the unbelievable on behalf of someone we love. Maybe we need or need to be the one who encourages when others will not, who loves when others don't, who abides who hopes, helps, comforts, commiserates, who shows up, who sits with, who supports and stands by no matter what. Because that's what she said. And what she did, Elizabeth, for Mary. And thanks be to God for that, because who knows... What might have come of Mary had Elizabeth not come through for her in the first place? Would she have found the practical help she went searching for? Would she have mustered the courage required to endure all that was coming her way? Would she have found the faith it took to answer her call, to do God's bidding, and to sing her song so that we could do. Amen.